Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Holy Father, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for your word. I thank you for receptive hearts. I thank you for attentive ears. I thank you, dear Father God, for open minds. And as your word goes forth in demonstration of the spirit and power, it will, dear Father God, cause life, light, and love to be developed in the heart of the hearer, as they're the doers of the word, not hearers only. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And amen. First verse, chapter 3 of the book of Proverbs. My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. Verse 2. For length of days, long life and peace shall they add to thee. For length of days, long life and peace shall they add to thee. In the Amplified Bible it says tranquility instead of peace. Inwardly and outwardly, continuing through old age unto death. Now notice in verse 2. The believer is guaranteed long life. Long life. In the Amplified Bible, it says a life worth living. A long life worth living. Well, a life that's filled with sickness and disease. A life that's filled with poverty is not much of a life worth living. But a life that's filled with health and healing and prosperity is a life worth living. And Jesus said, I came to give you life more abundantly. Amen? Amen. Praise be to God. Well, actually here in the first ten verses, as we've been studying out these first ten verses, we have five promises. We went over them and you could see them for yourself to write in there. Verse 1 tells you how to get the promise of verse 2. Verse 3 tells you how to get the promise of verse 4. And verse 5 and part A of verse 6 tells you how to get the promise of the latter part of verse 6. Here we see we have long life, favor with God and man, direction of the Lord. In verse 7 and 8 we find out that we can have health and healing to every part of our being. And verse 9 and 10, prosperity. We've been centering or focusing our attention on verse 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Longevity. Long life. A life worth living. Tranquility. Peace inwardly and outwardly. Through old age even up until death. Now every believer is promised long life. Say it with me. I have the promise. Of long life. A life worth living. Filled with peace. Continuing through old age, even unto death. This is the will of my Father. Amen. 
Well, now, as you look, well, you don't have to look, I'll just quote it to you. In the 91st Psalm, verse 16, you recall that the psalmist, inspired by God, really God's saying it here, it shifted over in the last few verses, verses 14, 15, and 16. And the psalmist said, well, recorded here in the Psalms, that God said, With long life will I satisfy them and show them my salvation. See, the believer's guaranteed long life. And we don't base the promise of long life on somebody else's life. Let's say somebody that didn't have long life or somebody that died young. You can't base your belief on that. You've got to base your belief on what God's Word said. The believer is promised long life. See, now notice in Galatians, the third chapter, you don't have to turn to these scriptures if you don't want to. But you, you, if, you, you know, if you're not familiar with them, then turn to them. But in Galatians 3.13, the believer is told that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentile through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And verse 29 says, And if you be Christ's, then you are your heirs according to the promise. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham, the promise of Abraham are ours. Can you say that with me? The blessings of Abraham are mine. Well, if that's so, and it must be because the Bible just said so, then all we need to find out is if Abraham had the blessing of long life. Now, go back and you have to see the scripture in Genesis 15, 15. Genesis 15, 15. I believe in being biblical, scriptural, don't you? And I believe that if the Father said we should have something in His Word, then we should have it. Don't you believe that? Amen. Now notice, in Proverbs 3, 2, it said, Long life, length of days, and peace shall they add unto thee. Now notice Genesis 15, 15. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in what? Well, he's talking who? Abraham. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in what? Now, notice that our Proverbs 3, 2 said, peace. You shall have peace. Right? Tranquility, inwardly and outwardly, continuing through old age, even unto death. Right? Is that what it said? That's the Amplified Version. If you don't have it, you have to get it. But now notice here it says, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in what? And thou shalt be buried in a what? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Did you see that? Did you get it? Did you get it? Peace. Tranquility, inwardly and outwardly, continuing through old age. You don't have to be out of peace just because you're getting old. You don't have to be fearful just because you're getting old. You don't have to be anxious just because you're getting to be a, a ripe old age. You're getting better. Amen. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. See? At a ripe old age, at a good old age. Now, that's the promise of Abraham. And if the blessings and the promises of Abraham are mine, then I have a right to, pro to claim that and proclaim it in my life. Isn't that right? Amen. So... This brings us to our next scripture. I'm only reiterating a few points for those of you that were not here. 
so that you can have a little bit of an understanding as to what I've been teaching. See, I'm, I'm like a train. We just keep hooking up and hooking up every time we get together. Getting bigger and longer and bigger and longer. You stick around, you'll find out. The, the, the more we get into the Word of God, the more we get out of it. Amen? We just keep right on going. We never stop. We never stop. We just quit sometimes and pick it up where we're left off. Amen? So Colossians, the first chapter, in verse 9, if you don't want to, you don't have to turn to it, but if you like to, you may. Now notice that the blessings and the promises of God are ours. But now we made a statement, and this is the statement you need to get. The blessings and the promises are not automatic. I'll say it again for those of you that have not heard this teaching before. The blessings and the promises of God are not automatic. They are appropriated to the wisdom of God. They're not automatic. They don't fall out of the sky. Every one of us, have we've been promised long life. If somebody missed it, I hold nothing against them. And you shouldn't hold anything against them. We love them, bless God, and we thank God they're on the other side. But God had something better for them. And that is a peaceful life continuing through old age unto death. But you see, sometimes we lack wisdom of God. And we shouldn't lack the wisdom of God, but sometimes people do. And uh, we all should be praying this prayer for ourselves in the, in the book of Colossians, the first chapter in verse 9. Since the day I heard it, Paul said, I cease not to pray for you that you, now listen, might be filled with the knowledge of His will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now let's say it again. That you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will. See, that's His will that we have long life. But you got to have along with that knowledge in all wisdom. Now wisdom, according to the Amplified Bible, the way it translates it, lakes it, is comprehensive insight into the ways and the purposes of God. There is a way you can have long life. There is a program that God has designed so that we can have long life. But we need to have comprehensive insight into this way and purpose of God in our lives. If we don't, then we could get off the course of life and enter into the course of death. And we don't want that, do we? Anybody here want that? I don't want that. Do you want that? No, certainly not. We want to stay on the course of peace and long life. Now, it takes wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God to have this in your life. I'll give you another scripture that we used before, Proverbs 3. There's two of them, and Proverbs 9. Go back to Proverbs 3 and Proverbs 9. This will confirm to us that it takes wisdom in order to appropriate the blessing of longevity, long life. Now, in the third chapter of the book of Proverbs, verse 13, happy is the man that findeth what? And we can say again, happy is the man that finds comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. Okay? And the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, 
and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. Why not? Verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left are riches and honor. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left are riches and honor. Okay? Now look at verse 9. I mean chapter 9. And let's start with verse 10. We brought these out before. We'll look at them again. The fear of the Lord, and you need to underline that in your Bible. If you haven't that underlined in your Bible, that's very important that you underline that in your Bible. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. The word beginning there means the alphabet, the principal part or the alphabet of wisdom. So in other words, if you're going to understand wisdom, you've got to understand the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord, which we'll get into in a little bit, maybe, as the Lord wills. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Now notice the next verse. For by me, wisdom, thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall increase. Hallelujah. Every time you start walking in the wisdom of God, just write it down, chalk up another year. Hallelujah. I just increased the year of my life. I just increased the years of my life because I'm walking in the wisdom of God. And that's how you have the years of your life increased, is by walking in the wisdom of God. Now, let's stop there and let's say this and make this statement. It takes more than the knowledge of how to be healed to have long life. It takes more than that. These are two entirely different subjects. We need to know how to be healed, to get healed, and stay healed. But I guarantee you, beloved, knowing how to be healed, knowing how to get healed, knowing how to stay healed does not guarantee long life. You should know how to be healed and get healed and stay healed. You should know that. But it does not promote or guarantee. It promotes it, but it doesn't guarantee long life. Now, let me explain that. I could think of two ministers I could name to you right now, but I won't do that. That they're gone to be with the Lord. They died. They died young. They knew how to get healed. They knew how to get other people healed because they were used by God to get other people healed in a dynamic way. But they died young. Now, they died young for certain reasons. And although they knew how to get this healing for others and for themselves, it did not lengthen the days of their life. Although they had this knowledge, it did not promote their Long life because of the fact they had a problem with their relationship with God. It was lack of wisdom in their relationship with God. And in each and every case, you will find out if you study some of the history of the early church and uh, some things that took place in the lives of certain ministers, you know, during the church age. You'll find out where a lot of them made mistakes, and because of it, they died young. Now, although they could get healed, or they could, they knew how to stay healed. It didn't stop them from dying, and one of them got killed in a car wreck. See, that's not sickness or disease, is it? They knew how to get healed, knew how to stay healed, but they got out of the will of God, got out of the protection of God, and Satan took their lives. Are you hearing me? And in another individual's case, there's some other things which we'll get into a little bit later. 
He died, although he knew how to get healed and stay healed and get other people healed. But he died because he lacked the wisdom of God concerning some certain things. His life was taken. And I'll go one step further. Brother Kennedy Hagen was told by the Father God that you would have died at the age of 55 if you continued in the way that you were going. And he didn't start Rhema Bible Training Center until he was 56. He would have died one year before Rhema was ever brought into existence. Had he continued the course of his life. Now he knew how to stay healed. He didn't have a headache in, in probably some 40 years at this time or even, you know, more. I don't know exactly when it was that he was told this. But you think about that for a minute. The man knew how to get healed, stay healed. He, he knew how to walk in divine health. He claims to have walked in divine health since he got healed from the bed of affliction many, many, some 48, 50 years ago. But the course that he was on in his life meant he would have died at the age of 55. Now think about that. That's something to think about, isn't it? That's something to think about. So what I said was, knowing how to be healed, or being healed, being used in a healing ministry, or knowing how to get healing for yourself or for others, does not necessarily mean you will enjoy the promise of long life. See? We need to understand the ways of God through His wisdom concerning long life. And number one, you might, might as well mark this down, is relationships. 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 It was evident that there was a problem with their relationship with God. That's where the problem was. Relationships. They had a problem with their relationship with God. Now I'm going to show you by using Abraham as an example that what I'm saying to you will promote long life, length of days, or it will promote an early death if you don't do it. Now, let's go back to Genesis, the 17th chapter, and verse 1. Your first and foremost relationship is your relationship with God, your Heavenly Father. And when this covenant was established with Abraham, the Father outlined to him, I'm sure, his responsibilities concerning relationships. Now, let's look at this first one. And first of all, find out how we have to keep our relationship with the Father intact. And when Abraham was, Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Lord, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, underline the word walk, and be thou perfect, sincere, upright. Okay? Now, we have the advantage of having the New Covenant, New Testament. Remember our scripture in Colossians, what it said? Paul desired that we be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Now, notice what he said here. Walk before me and be thou perfect. See? Now, he, he's telling Abraham, or Abram at this time, what to do. And the promise was long life, longevity. And there was more than that. That's part of it. He told him that I'll be to you the Almighty God. 
You're everything. You're all in all. This word here is Al Shaddai. I'll be Al Shaddai to you, the God that's more than enough. If you walk before me and be thou perfect, or be sincere of heart in your heart, be upright. But go to Genesis 18 and I'll show you how that relationship also affects our relationships with our family. Now we talked about some of this. Verse 16. And the man rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom and Abraham, went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? Verse 19. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way, underline it, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Now notice the latter part of this verse. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. See, the promises and benefits of God are appropriated through our obedience to His Word, to His commandments. That's exactly what Proverbs 3, 1 said. Keep His commandments, hearken to His Word. Don't forget them. Now, notice how it also includes Abraham's relationship with his household and his household after him. The reason why God could bless Abraham was because he was going to teach and instruct his children. And the things I'm saying to you are very important. In Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, I know we don't have time to go to all these scriptures because i got a whole slew of them. But in the sixth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, we're told, they were told, Israelites, when they got to the land of promise, promise, the benefits and the promises of God, that they were to instruct their sons and their sons' sons. And if they did, they would have long life. The most, the, the most vital thing in any individual's life is how he teaches his children and his household to be obedient to the Word of God. That will promote long life. And I'll show you proof of it. In Ephesians 6, 1, it even says that if we were to instruct and teach our children and our children would obey us, then they would have long life also. Remember? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy mother and thy father, which is the first commandment, would promise that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. I said it last time, I'll say it again. The reason why a lot of them never got their healing and died young was because they disobeyed their parents. They did not promote long life, length of days, because they lacked the wisdom of God concerning being obedient to their parents in the Lord. Sometimes I wish we had the youth up here to hear some of these things. But I know you'll take them home and give them to your kids. Amen. They need to hear it. They need to hear it over and over and over again. And I'll show you also in the Word of God, it tells us to continually affirm these things. Constantly affirm these things that we're saying. Okay, so we see then that what we do in our family life will promote or prevent long life. If Abraham was not faithful to do what God said concerning his family relationship, then the father could not have carried out and continued his blessings in Abraham's life. And part of those blessings were long life. Now, because we belong in the body of Christ, we have two more priorities. We have our priority in the body of Christ. Abraham was not in the body of Christ as such as, as we are right now. And so, in, in our list of relationships, it includes our position or place in the body of Christ. 
and also our relationship with our employer. Now, I'm not going to get into that right now. We'll do that later. But in relationships, number one, it's your relationship with God. Number two, with your wife. Number three, with your children. I say wife because I'm a man. Your wife or your husband. And number three, your children. Number four, in the body of Christ. And number five, your employer. These are what we call relationships. And you'll find out that most of the New Testament is written concerning relationships. Conduct, Christian conduct. How you should conduct yourself. How you should work hard for your employer, etc. See, it's all in there. This will either promote or prevent long life. Especially in relationship with your mate. It'll promote or prevent long life. Okay, let's get that into us. Now, before I continue on, I want to give you some scriptures that I've been wanting to give you. I'm going to take this time to do it real quick. Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs and we're going to look at all the scriptures concerning long life or promoting life. Fourth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm just going to, we're going to take a quick walk through the book of Proverbs. Remember, the book of Proverbs is wisdom personified. Wisdom personified is the book of Proverbs. If you need wisdom, Jesus has made unto you wisdom. But remember, Jesus and the Word are one. And here we have the Word of Wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Wisdom personified. Okay? Especially concerning the ways of life. Look at chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be plenty, or many. I have taught thee in the way of what? I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Not just learning how to be healed. But beloved, the devil will put many roadblocks in your way of life. You need the wisdom of God to avoid these roadblocks. And that's why we need instruction from God. And one of the promises here in Proverbs, the third chapter, one of those five promises, was direction and guidance. We're going to get into that, time permitting and Lord willing. Guidance and instruction into the ways of life. Okay? Now, let's go on down to the 20th verse. Now, these are very important. Everybody should know these scriptures. If you don't know these scriptures, you're at a disadvantage. My son, verse 20, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health unto all their flesh. See, that's why we have the separation between life and health. Long life and health are two different things. You can be healthy and only live to be 45, like this. Let me give you an example. One of the ministers I'm talking about died like at the age of 37. He was healthy until the day he died. You don't have to die from sickness and disease to die. You see what I'm saying? Some says, I never heard that before. Well, well, what do you think? Being run over by a car and being killed in a car accident is not sickness or disease, is it? But he died. See? The days of thy life shall be many at years. Don't take away years from your life. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference between long life and health. He could be healthy up until the day he dies. See? Now, I want to be healthy and I want to live long. Amen? Don't you? Okay, let's go on. 
Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. See? Or the forces of life. And then he goes on to explain it. You can read that for yourself. Look at Proverbs 6, verse 20. 6, verse 20. Uh, now, keep this in context as to what we're talking about. We're talking about long life. And what you need to do is mark these down and, and study them for yourself. I don't have time to go into all these. I'm just going to give them to you. In other words, I did the homework for you. Now, you just go out and, you know, study it yourself. <laughs> Amen. My son, keep your father's commandment. Forsake not the law of your mother. Notice commandment and law. Proverbs 3.1 says laws and commandments. And you're, you're supposed to be teaching your children, right? Okay. And if Solomon was, you know, writing this to his children, you, you can look at it any way you want. God writing it to his children. Bind them continually upon thy heart. Tie them about thy neck. When you go, it shall lead thee. When you sleep, it shall keep thee. When you awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp. Note. The law is a light. And the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Now, see, if we're not doing that, we are going to be at a disadvantage. You've got to do what he said there in those verses. It's the way of life. And if you think that it's foolish to do this, then you, you, you could actually prevent yourself from having long life. Okay, let's go on to some more scripture. I want to get through this. Proverbs 8, 32. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. 8, 32. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Notice, refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Proverbs 9. We read those, verses 10 through 12. We'll skip that and go to Proverbs 10, verse 11. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Now, I want to bring this out at this time. Watch how many times the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms talks about the mouth as being a, a promoter of life, health, and healing. Prosperity. Look at that again. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Verse 16. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. The fruit of the wicked to sin. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. And that error could cause an early death. We are instructed in to, to study this word day and night. Isn't that right? We're instructed, and that's wisdom, to follow this instruction. And the way of life is in the word. And if we're not doing it, and we're not going to follow it, we're not going to have long life. See, many of those that died young, they died young because, first of all, lack of knowledge. My people perish. Secondly, they had no vision. The people perish. And a lot of times they take the body and the blood of Christ unworthily, many sickly, and die. They don't have the wisdom or understanding as to what they're doing when they do that. Enough said. Let's go on. Chapter 13. Notice again the mouth. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his what? Keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But whoso openeth wide his lips shall have what? 
Okay. Remember, this is the wisdom personified. It's talking about how to have long life or destruction. Okay? And it deals with your mouth. Again, we'll see that later. Proverbs 14, verse 27. Notice again, we bring out here in this scripture, the fear of the Lord. Remember, the fear of the Lord was the alphabet of wisdom. Remember I said that? Or the principal part of wisdom. Now, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Now, you will know and notice that the fear of the Lord is defined in Psalm 34. Matter of fact, you should write there by your scripture, verse 27, Psalm 34. I believe it's verse 12, 11 and 12, and 13, somewhere in there, 11, 12. It tells you exactly what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is to keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. Did you hear that? To keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. That's the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord then is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. See? Snared from death. The snares of death. Thou art taken captive by the words of thy mouth. But the fear of the Lord is the principal part of wisdom. And when I learn to keep my mouth from speaking guile and evil, then it will promote health. For a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. That's one of our scriptures. And the tongue of the wise is health. Okay. Matter of fact, let's look at it. 15.4. Proverbs 15.4. A wholesome tongue is what? A tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Verse 24. The way of life is above to the wise. To those that have wisdom. That he may depart from hell beneath. Okay, now Proverbs 18, 21. People don't understand or believe these things, but look at They are in the Word of God. Verse, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the what? Say that with me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. A lot of people won't believe it when you tell them, but a lot of people died young because of their mouth. Well, I don't know. These kids are just driving me to death. You see? The mouth. One of these days you're going to die going down there on that job. You're going to fall off that building one of these days and get killed. Death and life are the power of the tongue. Remember that. I don't got time to teach it. Just remember it. Okay? Let's move on. 19 chapter verse 23. The fear of the Lord, again we find the fear of the Lord, which is keeping your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God, tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied, he shall not be visited with evil. Hallelujah. You should shout on that one. That's shouting grounds right there, wouldn't you say? Proverbs 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And so here we have some scriptures from the book of wisdom, from the book of Proverbs, that will help us in our way of life, in attaining the wisdom of God concerning the ways of life. It will give us comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. And right now you can see very clearly that your tongue has a lot to do with your having long life. Isn't that right? 
Now, I'll give you this final scripture to show you. Psalm 34. And let's start reading with verse 10 or 11. Now, let's start with verse 9 because it's there's just 7. Way up verse 7. There's so much here. I wish I could teach it right now, see? But I've got to just contain myself so we can get out everything we want to get out. The angel of the Lord campeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord now. Not just any angel. The angel of the Lord. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye saints. There is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Now notice, come ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Finally we got to the fear of the Lord. Here it is. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us what it is now. What man is he that desireth life? You desire life? And loveth many days that he may see good. That's talking about longevity. You desire life, to have life in, in many days that you may see good? Doesn't that sound like that it may be well with you that, and that you may live long on the earth? Okay, here it is. Keep your tongue. See? Oh, we could just have a camp meeting right there. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Now, let's go to the uh, first epistle of Peter. There's more to it. Let's let, read the next verse. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, pursue it. Go to 1 Peter, and I'm going to show you that Peter quoted this in his epistle after he taught on relationships. After he taught on relationships, he quoted that scripture from the book of Psalms, inferring that all that he said up until this time would be involved in our pursuit of keeping our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking out. Now, let's see it here in the third chapter of 1 Peter, verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion, one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a what? The blessings of Abraham are mine, and I should inherit the blessing of long life. Look at the next verse. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile, that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. Ensue it. All right. Notice the word finally in verse 8. Now, what Peter did was he gave an outline of living our lives and walking, let's say, let's say walking in the way of life, walking worthy of the Lord by living our lives in harmony one with another. He started by the fact that you were born again. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. In first, the first chapter... He talked about being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. In the second chapter, he starts verse 1 out by using the same phrase, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile, all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. 
Uh, do you see that there? He starts by saying that, and then he ends by saying that. And so, in these verses here, we see a pattern for Christian living. I don't have time to get into it. All. If I did, we'd be forever. This is so much, like I said, you got to study it out for yourself. I find that to be a problem in this ministry. If I got in depth into everything I wanted to teach, we'd be on one subject for a year. And that's true. So I believe it's just best that I give you the highlights of it, and then you start digging into it for yourself. That way you can have better understanding. See? Look how long this has taken us just to get this far. And there's so many things that I haven't said that I want to say that I'd, I'd like to have more time to say it. Amen? But that's just the way it is. So we want to give you all that we can. Now, in these verses, go to verse 13. I want to show you that it's dealing with relationships and how you're to keep your tongue from, from speaking any evil or any guile concerning anybody that you know. Anybody that you know. You know we're even told to speak well of those that curse us. Remember that over there in Matthew when Jesus was teaching on love, he said... Love your enemies. And the first thing he said was, Bless those that curse you. The word bless means speak well of. And the word curse means speak evil of. Speak well of those that speak evil of you. That will promote long life. Peter starts this second chapter with no guile. He ends that third chapter with no guile. Okay? Verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king of supreme or unto governors, or unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God. Comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. The will of God. That you might know the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's the will of God that we do not speak evil of any governor, any mayor, any, anybody that's in any place you know, of authority. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. This is all involved in fearing God, fear of the Lord. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. And he goes on to explain this as to how Jesus suffered wrongfully, but he spoke no God. Go on down. Well, look, look at verse 21. For even hereunto were you called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was there any guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being done to sin should live on the righteousness. With his stripes we were healed. For you were a sheep going astray, but now you return to the bishop. Shepherd and the bishop of your souls, likewise. That word likewise means similarly, or in the same manner. The same way that Jesus spoke no evil nor guile of his adversaries, those that crucified him, those that did him wrong, likewise, you wives are to be in subject to your husbands, and you're not to speak guile concerning them or evil concerning your husbands if they don't obey the word. Unless you want to die young. Sometimes I think we need to instill the fear of the Lord in people's lives. There are too many that speak evil of their husbands. You say, but my husband, you don't know. Well, so I know how these people, how, how cruel they were to Jesus. Look how cruel they were to Jesus. But it says, likewise, as Jesus, dis he spoke no guile nor reviled 
He spoke no evil of them. You are to live your life. And I believe here's where the downfall is in many that are attempting to win their husbands over to the Lord is because of this right here. The tongue. They lose it right there. There's no wisdom. See? We're supposed to have a mouth filled with wisdom that none of our adversaries can gainsay or resist. But this is part of it. And I'm not getting into that deep right now. But I want you to realize that this is involving in relationships. This involves relationships. It promotes long life. It deals with the wisdom of God concerning your relationship with your mate. Go on down to verse 7. Likewise, you husbands. See, he's given the same instruction. The husband is to do the same thing with the wife. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the, to the wife as the, under the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of what? That your prayers be not hindered. If your prayers are hindered, it could shorten your life. Alright. And then he goes on to say, finally... And talks about speaking no evil and no guile to promote your long life. I just want to show you that relationships, family relationships, starting with your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, with your mate, will either promote or prevent long life. Why is he so explicit in saying that children have to obey their parents to have long life? See, this is all involved here. I don't care if you learn how to be healed or stay healed, doesn't matter. It could shorten your life if you're not going to obey this. And I don't care if you learn how to be healed and stay healed, know how to read the Word of God, know how to use your faith, and got strong faith, if you don't teach your children the Word of God, it will shorten your life. Did you hear me? Now, I know that's being blunt, but it's true. He didn't say that in Deuteronomy 6 for nothing, to teach your children so that your days may be prolonged on the earth. He didn't say that for nothing. It's my understanding that if I don't teach my children, then my days will not be prolonged on the earth. Is that correct? Or am I misquoting God? That's exactly what he said. So you see, this is the wisdom of God. What will promote long life and what will prevent long life. And here we are. Now, I want to tie in at this point in, to get through this relationships. Go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Because this is really the area that the Lord has been dealing with my spirit strongly. I believe that the, that the body of Christ is lacking in this area. And it's a shame that the body of Christ is lacking in this area because this is why the fivefold ministry was put into existence in the body of Christ. It's so that each and every individual could know what his place is in the body of Christ. Now, your fourth relationship would be your relationship in the body of Christ. Number one, I said with God. Number two, with your mate. Number three, with your children. And number four, with the body of Christ. Your relationship in the body of Christ will prevent or promote Long life. It's important we understand this. It's important that we realize it and know it. But my place in the body of Christ, the will of God concerning what my duty is in the body of Christ, will either promote life for me or it will shorten my life if I am not obedient to it. And that's why we're always to cease not to pray for one another that we all know the, have the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding to walk worthy of the Lord so that we can walk and in the blessings of God and obtain long life. All right. And let's look at the fourth chapter. We'll begin reading with verse 11. Now, here we find out that he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, we live in the age of the church. We live under grace. The Father and the Lord Jesus saw fit to put in the body of Christ... What we call the fivefold ministry. There's more than just the fivefold ministry, but here he's outlining the fivefold ministry. 
What is the purpose of the fivefold ministry? It's important that we know that. Let's read it and then we'll explain. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come under the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, being tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the sight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, verse 16, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, Make it increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. One of the worst indictments against the body of Christ, the church of the living Christ today, is that they can't bring themselves into a place of unity and harmony, one with another, to promote what we call maturity in the body of Christ. The apostle, his responsibility is to establish churches. Isn't that right? Yes, he has a devastating ministry. Yes, there are many miracles, signs, and wonders that follow the ministry of the apostle. The prophet stands on the edge of two worlds, seeing in both worlds more so than anybody else probably in the body of Christ, along with the apostle. What is the purpose of all this? What is the backbone of the body of Christ? These promote churches like this church right here. We send apostles are sent out to promote and, and, and to develop churches. Paul went about and preached in the office of a first teacher, then prophet, then apostle, and established churches. But now listen to me. If it wasn't for the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers... What in the world are churches being established for? The backbone of the body of Christ is the local church. Now hear me. It's the local church. Can you see that? That's where they get fed. That's where they mature. That's where they grow into Him in all things. You will not develop and grow spiritually if you're going to get yourself in a position that you're traveling all over the country to try to find out something about God. You're not going to grow. This body, this ministry works together to promote the spiritual growth and development of the body of Christ. The pastor and the teacher, he is with the body, he is with the local assembly, and that community around should be affected by the local body. And I believe that communities can be won over to Jesus if the body is operating as verse 16 said. Look at it again. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, every joint supplied. According to the effectual working of every part. Effectual working in the measure of every part. Make it increase of the body and the edifying of itself in love. Now all these other ministries are designed to establish this type of ministry. The apostle. Can you imagine the apostle Paul having no pastor established in the churches that he had, what's he going to do with the people? 
Where are they going to go? You could, if you go back to the book of Acts, you'll recall all the times that the Judaizers and all these other people came in with false doctrines to tear down the body, to tear down all that he did. He cannot stay there with those people. So consequently, he needs somebody to under-shepherd that work to get them to grow. They get established, but now they need to grow. If the body of Christ is not growing in the earth today, it's an indictment against the pastoral ministry and the teaching ministry. And believe me, it's, I believe we're going to be held accountable and responsible to see to it that everybody takes his place in the body of Christ for the purpose that he wants everybody effectually working together so that he can have increase in his body under the edifying of itself in the love of God to ultimately bring back the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we come to another Relationship, another responsibility to the believer to promote long life is what is the will of God concerning you? What is the will of God concerning you in the body of Christ? And as I said, I'm not referring to those that are called to the ministry. And I'd like to get into that, but I'm not referring to that specifically right now. But the general revealed will of God concerning our lives is that we do have a local fellowship. And in that local fellowship... We take our place in the body of Christ. We are faithful to it. We promote it. We take our place to be effective in the body. If you, if you think you're going to get into the, into the work of God concerning your life and do it apart from body ministry, you're sadly mistaken. Unless you're called to be an evangelist. Unless you're called to be a missionary or an apostle. Unless you're called to be a prophet. And still the prophet is going to get through the same way. And it's going to come through the local body. I cannot emphasize that enough, but there are many... Now listen to me. You say, why bring that up? Because there are many that's going to die young because they didn't take their place in the body of Christ. I'll show you another scripture to prove it. 1 Corinthians 12, chapter. <clears throat> Paul was greatly challenged, not when he spoke... But after he left the churches that he established and these other people came in to undermine his work. Remember he told the church in Galatia? How soon have you been removed from that which I've established and taught you? How soon you've turned to another gospel which is not another gospel? If anybody, even an angel, an angelic being comes down and preaches to you another gospel, don't you be moved from it. The one I taught you. Let that angel be accursed. See what I'm saying? Now, that's the design of, of all these other ministries is to establish this local body where God can manifest himself, the Father, like, I believe, in a greater dimension than he did in the temple in Jerusalem. In the temple, Solomon's temple and, and all the other temples that were built in the Ark of the Covenant. I believe that every assembly like this here should be working together so effectively that the glory and the power of God is manifest in such a dimension that God could just manifest himself in, in, in a dynamic way to take care of all the needs of those that are in the body and those that come to the body. I believe that. And it's going to take the effectual working of every member in that body. And it's going to be part of your long life. I believe that with all my heart. It'll promote long life if you'll be faithful to do it. And I'll show you, like I said, some of these things as we go. Well, where are we at? First Corinthians 12 chapter. And verse 13. Now notice, here we've been brought into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. 
For by one Spirit we're all baptized in one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink in the one, one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Now here we find out that the body of Christ is many, made up of many members. Just as my body is made up of many, and yours is also. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set, God set, God set the members, every one of them in the body as it pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are there many members, yet but one, but one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more com abundant comeliness. Now, just stop for a minute. He's talking about just like our physical body. Which part of your body would you like to have cut off? Any part of it? Some people think there's nothing, you know, your feet don't mean anything. But you'll find out that your feet mean a lot to the rest of your body. Your hand doesn't mean much, but it does. The eye, whatever the case might be. The whole body must function together. That which every joint supplies has got to function. Every part of the body has got to function together so that the, the body can, can function properly as God intended this body, human body, to function. Now that's clearly understood and seen according to the physical body. The eyes, the ears, the nose, they all have their part to play. The eye is not the ear, but they both have their part to play. Now, in an assembly such as this, and when we take the body of Christ in general, we're talking about the whole body of Christ. But remember, the intent of the fivefold ministry is to bring a group of people into assembly such as this, and then everybody takes their place in that body so that we in Midland can have, an, a, body, have a body, a habitation of God in the Spirit that is equivalent to... Any other assembly upon the face of the earth, including the days when the Ark of the Covenant had the glory, the Shekinah glory, and the priests walked in and began to minister and tried to minister, but could not because of the glory of the Lord that filled the tabernacle. And if everybody in this body would take your place and begin to function in that office that you belong in, you'd have that every service. You would have, every, at every service, you'd have the Shekinah glory in such a manifestation that there may be times we wouldn't even be able to stand up and minister because of the glory of the Lord. That's exactly what he's saying here. And that's where it's time that everybody's got to know what their part is in the body. Now, I don't know why our clocks go so fast. For some reason, we're going to put somebody in the body of Christ and take up your place and stand up there on a ladder and hold back the clock. Put your finger on it. Say, stop. <laughs> well, that brings us to our second promise. Second promise. I'm not going to leave you there hanging. Our second promise in Proverbs, we're going to skip promise number two, and we're going to go to promise number three, and we're going to call it promise number two. Is that okay? Proverbs, the third chapter, and it said, first promise was long life, the second promise was favor, and the third promise was direction. Remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. You need to have direction in the path of life. You need to have direction, guidance of the Lord, so that you can be guided into your place in the body. 
There are many that have come to this place and to this body, and because they've not sought direction or guidance of the Lord, they've left, they've gone, and they're out of the, they could be out of the will of God because they're not where God wants them to be. And they're floating around, going, trying to find places, but they're not settling down to find out where God wants them to be. I'm not saying that to promote this body. I'm saying that God puts you in the body as He wants you to be in that body. God the Father, God the Son. They, pay, they put you in that place so that you should be there. That will promote your long life. And let me give you some ideas before we close it here concerning direction. And you might want to write these down if, if, if you like. First of all, Romans 8.14 says, Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Guidance comes by the leading of the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.